section seventy five of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter four unless one could cure men of being fools it is to no purpose to cure them of any folly as it is only making room for some other horace walpole mrs waddell did not find herself at all at home at rossville except lady betty and miss pratt nobody seemed to notice her finery the simplicity of lady rossville's dress was felt to be impertinent towards her a married woman and the major could not stand beside colonel delmore's lordly port and fashionable nonchalance then except at meals there seemed no possibility of getting hold of uncle adam and there was no speaking to him before so many people it was only exposing him poor man to observation and the less he was called out the better it was inconceivable too what he made of himself all day there was no getting a private word of him and in short the result was a determination to depart the following day fortune however seemed to favour her design on uncle adam as she found herself in the breakfast-room with only him and the major none of the others of the party having yet appeared she therefore accosted him in her most ingratiating manner which was met as usual by a very cool response it is very difficult to get a word of you uncle except in the midst of these fine people you seem always engaged you are certainly composing something maybe i'm making my will was the reply in a manner most suspiciously calm and benign indeed but i'm sure uncle you have no occasion to think of that just now the major and i were both remarking how uncommonly well you are looking you were just saying to me yesterday major that you really thought my uncle looked twenty years younger than he did last time you saw him yes indeed upon my word i think so it's a sign that change of air agrees with you uncle so i hope you'll take a seat with the major and me in our carriage and accompany us to thornbank i assure you i shall be quite affronted if you don't after staying here so long it will have a very odd appearance in the eyes of the world if you pass the major and me over and me a married woman and besides you know uncle if you really wish to do anything about your property though i'm sure there can be no hurry about that you know you are much nearer the law people at thornbank than here and indeed mr aikenhead the advocate has promised us a visit this vacation and perhaps you might like to advise with him before i thank you but i need naebody's advice as to the disposal of my ain property replied uncle adam still preserving a sort of horrid supernatural mildness my mind's made up indeed well i really think i should be at a loss how to dispose of such a charming property as bloom park but i'm at main i'm just gone to make a mortification at a mortification of bloom park repeated mrs waddell in tones well suited to the words a mortification my dear sir ejaculated the major yes just a mortification what is there wonderful in that why i must say i think uncle considering gasped mrs waddell vainly trying to preserve her unruffled dignity how much is done for the lower classes now i really think the higher ranks stand quite as much in need of mortifications i think say so too so it's lucky we're baith agreed i can assure you uncle although it's a thing i would not choose to say to everybody the major finds he has quite enough to do with his money i didn't adoot it there is so much required now to support one's rank in the world that i assure you it is no joke joke way said it was a joke in short uncle i can assure you in spite of the appearance we make in the eyes of the world the major and i 
both find ourselves pinched enough and he now doubts very much about buying a place although certainly thornbank does not suit us in many respects the house is very indifferent we have only one drawing-room and with his connections that is not the thing and the garden is really a poor affair so that altogether i am really anxious the major should find another residence he'll maybe find ain at bloom park before it's lang said uncle adam dryly oh uncle i am sure we never thought of that and i thought you said you were going to make a mortification of it so i am but it's to be a mortification as you say for the rich it's to be a mortification for they miserable unfortunate men that are married to toffees and haverals that spend of their substance for them uncle adam had here broke out into his natural manner and there is no saying how much plainer he might have spoken had he not at that moment been checked in his career by the entrance of mr lindsay who was the only person strange as it may appear for whom he felt anything approaching to respect but there was so much mildness and calmness of manner with so much manly dignity in his deportment that even uncle adam was ashamed to behave ill before him the rest of the party came dropping in and mrs waddell with one cheek very red was obliged to take her seat in silence it gradually cooled however as she began to think it was just her uncle's way he liked a rough joke and so on while the major for some little time sat revolving whether he should not call upon the old man to say what he meant if there was anything personal in his allusion he but the poor major even to himself could not say what he would do at last he too gulped down the affront with his last dish of tea and by the time breakfast was over both were ready to enter the lists again with uncle adam upon hearing of the proposed departure of the major and lady gertrude said all that was necessary on the occasion but she was too sincere to be pressing in her entreaties for them to prolong their stay she felt that her relations were ridiculous and she saw they were despised by colonel delmore it was rather a relief therefore to hear they were going away any deficiencies on her part were however amply atoned for by miss pratt who was vehement in her remonstrances assuring them they had seen nothing of rossville yet that it was really no visit at all people scarcely knew one another's faces till they had spent at least three days together etc in spite of all that could be urged by miss pratt however the major and lady remained fixed in their purpose to return home all they would concede was to remain part of the morning and the carriage and caesar were ordered to be in readiness accordingly the breakfast-party with the exception of lindsay having lounged over their repast to the utmost length of procrastination read their letters and newspapers pampered their dogs and in short done all that idle people do to kill time even at his very outset en masse were severally sauntering away to try their skill individually each their own way when as uncle adam was retreating mrs waddell followed him into the ante-room and was as usual followed by the major before we go uncle i wish to know if there is anything i can do for you since you don't seem inclined to accompany us at present any message to bloom park we shall pass close by it you know and by the by uncle i really wish you would give us an order of admittance there it has a most extraordinary appearance in the eyes of the world that the major has never yet been within your gate oh my dear bell you know if your uncle has any objections to showing his grounds weel weel dinna plague me since it's to be a mortification at ony rate give me pen and ink and ye shall ha an order if that's a ye want said mr ramsay impatiently pen ink and paper were speedily procured and uncle adam seating himself in a most deliberate manner produced the order 
mrs major glanced her eye upon it then reddened as she exclaimed such a way of wording it good gracious uncle can you suppose i will go on these terms admit major waddell and his wife wife i really never met with anything like that what is do you mean demanded uncle adam in a voice of thunder are you no major waddell's wife why my good sir began the major you know it is not customary to call ladies of a certain rank wives now certainly not interposed his lady i thought everybody had known that wife what else could you have said if the major had been a carter what are you then if you're no his wife why my lady you know my dear sir would have been the more proper and delicate thing your leddy cried uncle adam with a sardonic laugh your leddy certainly said the lady with much dignity there can be no doubt about that and i can assure you i have too much respect for major waddell and myself to submit to any such low vulgar appellation i've met wi mony a daft thing in my day said uncle adam but this beats them ah a married woman that'll no submit to be called a wife i dinna ken what's to come next will you be his dearie then really uncle i must say i have borne a great deal from you but there are some things that nobody can put up with and there is a duty we owe to ourselves that i must say i think neither the major nor i have been very well used by you and the lady's passion grew strong the major looked frightened do compose yourself my dear i am sure your good uncle had no intention of doing anything disrespectful why my dear sir a very little will set all to rights offering the pen to uncle adam if you will just take the trouble to write the line over again in the customary style major waddell and lady all will be well i'll just as soon cut off my finger said uncle adam ferociously and if she winna gang to my house as your wife she shall ne'er set her foot in't in ony other capacity my dear bell you hear that said the poor major yes major i do but i have too much respect for you to give up the point it would be lowering you indeed in the eyes of the world if i were to allow myself to be put on a footing with any common man's wife in the country it is what i will not put up with and with much majesty she seized the order and put it into the fire uncle adam looked at her for a moment as if he too would have burst into a blaze then as if disdaining even to revile her he walked out of the apartment banging the door after him in a manner enough to have raised the ghost of lord chesterfield the old gentleman is very testy this morning said the major i am surprised at your patience with him major i have no idea of allowing oneself to be trampled upon in this manner wife i really can't think enough of it what else could he have said speaking of my coachman's wife it's very true my dear the same thing struck me and in a political point of view i assure you i think it is the duty of every gentleman who wishes well to the government of the country to support the standing order of things and to keep up the existing ranks of society that is exactly what i think major it is quite necessary there should be distinctions kept up wife every beggar has a wife undoubtedly my dear beggar wife in fact means neither more nor less than the wife of a beggar man and in these times when there is such a tendency to a bad spirit amongst the people and such an evident wish to bring down the higher ranks to a level with themselves it becomes the duty of every gentleman to guard his privileges with a jealous eye i for one certainly never will give in to these liberty and equality notions that i am determined 
i hope not indeed said the major warmed into fervour by the spirit of his lady i hope not indeed how said the lady can my servants possibly look up to me with proper respect when i am brought upon a level with themselves you are perfectly right my dear they cannot do it it is impossible perfectly wife indeed End of section seventy five